Shalom Alechem, peace be upon you, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, today we are resuming our study in the book of 2 Samuel. We're actually ready for chapters 19 and 20 this morning. Now, if you remember, the last time we read, we were dealing with this fallout where David's son Absalom had slept with his concubines in the middle of the street. Um, and then David's fleeing from Absalom. But finally, Joab, kind of David's you know, right-hand general, uh, he slays Absalom. And that's kind of how it ends. Uh, it ends with the king being much moved. Verse 33 from last week. Chapter 18 says, And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate, and he wept as he went. Thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God that I have died for thee, O Absalom, my son, my son. And so while David's at war with his own son, uh, he's deeply grieved uh, by this. And that's going to continue for a minute into our reading for today. And then he's going to be rebuked by his servant Joab. Saying, hey, you know, you're starting to act like you wish we all would have died instead. And that's going to cause a rebellion if you don't kind of turn the corner here. David then returns to Jerusalem. But unfortunately, he has to put down another revolt once he gets back into Jerusalem, uh, which, as we'll read, is quickly put down by his ruthless warrior servant, Joab. You know, as I think about it, David lived a hard life. I mean, a, a life of a lot of what I would call some serious stress. I mean, he's, he's a man of war to begin with. He's seen lots of war. Then he has this terrible moral moral failure where he sleeps with Bathsheba, then has Bathsheba's wife or son, or I'm sorry, Bathsheba's husband moved to the front of the line so that he would be killed in battle, which in God's eyes was murder. And then he's cursed. He loses the baby that he had with Bathsheba. Now he's lost his son Absalom. He's been, he's been on the run from Absalom all this time. And that's not even to mention how long he was on the run from Saul with Saul trying to kill him, which was, of, which was no fault of David. It was just the circumstances that he found himself in. And it's just hard to imagine all of these things happening to one man. You know, he, he's, as a shepherd boy, he's having to slay lions and bears who are trying to kill sheep. Then he has to slay Goliath, the giant. Then he's promised he's going to become king, but then he's chased by Saul and threatened. And, and, you know, Saul tries to kill him multiple times. Then he becomes king and he messes up. And then he's fleeing from his son Absalom and just all this drama that David has endured. That's quite an amazing story. All right. Enough rambling. Let's dig in. Chapter 19 and chapter 20. The book... Second Samuel. Let's begin. Verse 1. 
and it was told, Joab, behold, the king weepeth and mourneth for Absalom. And the victory that day was turned into mourning until all the people, for the people heard say that day how the king was grieved for his son. And the people got them by stealth that day into the city, as people being ashamed steal away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried, and with a loud voice, O oh, my son, Absalom, O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And Joab came into the house to the king and said, Thou hast shamed this day the faces of all thy servants, which this day have saved thy life, and the lives of thy sons, and thy daughters, and the lives of thy wives, and the lives of thy concubines, and that thou lovest thy enemies, and hatest thy friends. For thou hast declared this day that thou regardest neither princes nor servants, for this day I perceive that if Absalom had lived, and all we had died this day, then it had pleased thee well. Now therefore arise and go forth and speak comfortably unto the servants, for I swear by the Lord, if thou go not forth, there will not tarry one with thee this night. And that will be worse unto thee than all the evil that befall thee from thy youth until now. And the king arose, and he sat in the gate, and they told unto all the people, saying, Behold, the king doth sit in the gate. And all the people came before the king. For Israel had fled every man to his tent. And the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of, his in of our enemies, and delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines, and now is fled out of the land for Absalom. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? And king David sent Zodak, Zadok, and Abathar the priest, saying, Speak unto the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house, seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king, even to his house? You are my brethren, you are my bones and my flesh, wherefore then are ye the last to bring back the king? And say ye to Amasa, Art thou not of my bones? And of my flesh, God do so to me, and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. And he bowed the heart of all the men of Judah, even as the heart of one man. So that day they sent this word unto the king, Return thou and all thy servants. So the king returned, and he came to Jordan. And Judah came to Gilgal to go meet the king conduct the king over Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Gera, a Benjamite, which was of Bahiram, hastened and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And there were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons and his twenty servants with him. And they went over Jordan before the king. And there went over a ferry boat to cover to carry over the king's household to do what he thought good. And Shimei the son of Gera fell down before the king as he was come over Jordan. And he said unto the king, Let not many, let not my lord impute iniquity unto me. Neither do thou remember that which thy servant did perversely the day that my lord the king went out of Jerusalem. 
that the king should take it to his heart. For thy servant doth know that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I am come the first day of all the house of Joseph to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zeriah, answered and said, Shall not Shimei be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And David said, What have I to do with you, ye sons of Zeriah? What ye should this day be adversaries unto me? Shall there any man be put to death this day in Israel? For do not I know that I am this day king over Israel? Therefore the king said unto Shimei, Thou shalt not die. And the king swear unto him. And Mohibbasheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and had neither dressed his feet, nor trimmed his beard, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came again in peace. And it came to pass, when he came to Jerusalem to meet the king, that the king said unto him, Wherefore wentest not thou with me, Bophishabasheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my, my servant deceived me, for thy servant said, I will saddle me an ass, and I may ride thereon, and go to the king, because thy servant is lame. And he hath slandered thy servant unto my lord the king, but my lord the king is an angel of God. Do therefore what is good in thine eyes. For all my father's house were but dead men before the lord the king, yet didst thou set thy servant among them that did eat at thy table. What right therefore have I yet to cry any more unto the king? And the king said unto him, Why speakest thou any more of thy matters? I have said thou and Ziba divided the land, divide the land. And Bohibabasheth said unto the king, Yea, let him take all, for as much, my lord, the king is come again in peace unto his own house. And Barzillia and Giladite, a, a Giladite, the Giladite came down from Ragalim, and went over the Jordan with the king to conduct him over the Jordan. Now Barzillia was a very aged man, even fourscore years old, and he had provided the king's sustenance while they lay in Mahanim, for he was a very great man. And the king said to Barzillia, Come thou over with me, and I will feed thee with me in Jerusalem. And Barzillia said unto the king, How long have I have to live, that I should go up with the king unto Jerusalem? I am this day fourscore years old, and I can discern between good and evil. Can thy servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any more the voice of singing men and singing women? Wherefore then, should thy servant be yet a burden unto the king? Thy servant will go a little way over the Jordan with the king. And why should the king recompense it me with such a reward? Let thy servant, I pray thee, return back again, that I may die in my own city, and be buried by the grave of my father and my mother. But behold, thy servant, Jahum, let him go over with my lord the king, and do to him what shall seem good unto thee. And the king answered, Chimham shall go over with me, and I will do to him that which shall seem good unto thee, and whatsoever thou shalt require of me, that will I do for thee. And all the people went over the Jordan. And when the king was come over, the king kissed Barzillia and blessed him, and he returned into his own place. Then the king went to Gilgal, and Chimham went with him, all the people of Judah, 
conducted the king and also half the people of Israel. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king and said unto the king, Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen thee away, and have brought the king and his household all and all David's men with him over Jordan? The men of Judah answered the men of Israel, Because the king is near of kin to us, wherefore then be ye angry for this matter? Have we eaten at all of the king's cost, or hath he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have tent parts in the king, and we have also more right in David than ye. Why then did ye despise us, that our advice should not be first? Had it bringing back our king? And the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. Chapter 20 And there happened to be a man of Belial, whose name was Sheba, the son of Bertri, a Benjamite. And he blew a trumpet and said, We have no part in David, neither have we an inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. So every man of Israel went up from after David and followed Sheba, the son of Bichri. But the men of Judah clave unto their king from Jordan even to Jerusalem. And David came to his house at Jerusalem, and the king took the ten women, his concubines, whom he had left to keep the house, and put them in a ward, and fed them, but went not in unto them. So they were shut up unto the day of their death, living in widowhood. Please note, these are the ten concubines that Absalom set up a tent in the middle of the city and engaged in sexual relations with. So when David gets back, he just has them put in a ward, he feeds them, and has them taken care of, but he no longer engages with them. Neither are they able to engage in that activity ever again. So, uh, basically, they are treated like widows for engaging in what they engaged in. Verse 4. Then said the king to Amasa, Assemble me the men of Judah within three days, and be thou here present. So Amasa went to assemble the men of Judah, but he tarried longer than the set time which he had appointed him. And David said to Abishai, Now shall Sheba the son Abitri do us more harm than did Absalom. Take thou thy lord's servants and pursue after him, lest he get him fenced cities and escape us. Please note. So here's kind of uh, basically the revolt. It's being caused by this character named Abitri, uh, a Benjamite. Or actually, no, it's, it's Sheba, actually. The son of Bitri, a Benjamite. And so, before they can really establish a large revolt, uh, the men of David are going to go after him. And there went after Joab's men, the Cherahites and the Pelahites and all the mighty men. And they went out of Jerusalem to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bitri. When they were at the great stone, which is in Gibeon, Amasa went before them, and Joab's garment that he had put on was girded unto him. And upon it a girdle with a sword fastened upon his loins in the sheath thereof. And as he went forth, it fell out. And Joab said to Amasa, Are thou in health, my brother? 
And Job took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. But Amasa took no heed to the sword that was in Job's hand. So he smote him therewith in the fifth rib, and shed out his bowels to the ground, and struck him not again, and he died. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, pursued after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And one of Joab's men stood by him, and he said, He that favoreth Joab, and he that is for David, let him go after Joab. And Amasa wallowed in the blood in the midst of the highway. And when the men saw that all the people stood still, he removed Amasa out of the highway into the field and cast the cloth upon him. When he saw that every one that came by him stood still. Now, please note, you see Joab killing Amasa. Now, it's important to remember that Amasa was the one that Absalom appointed as commander over the army, replacing Joab as commander, basically when he did this overthrow. And so, this is, I mean, this is obvious why Joab uh, thought it was prudent to rid themselves of this character because he's trying to put down any type of rebellion that would come against King David. I mean, Joab, this guy is a ruthless warrior. Uh, it seems, of course the story's not over, but it would seem that this is the type of guy you want if you're King David. I mean, he's doing the dirty work. He's doing the things that just have to be done to preserve King David's kingdom. And so he slew, he slew Amasa here. Uh, and now we move on to verse 13. When he was removed out of the highway, meaning Amasa, all the people went on after Joab to pursue after Sheba, the son of Bichri. And he went through all the tribes of Israel, unto Abel, and unto Beth Maaka, and all the Barites, and they were gathered together, and went also after him. And they came to besiege him in Abel of Beth Maaka. And they cast up a bank against the city, and it stood in the trench, and all the people that were with Joab battered the wall to throw it down. Then cried a wise woman out of the city, Hear, hear, say, I pray you unto Joab, come near hither, that I may speak with thee. And when he was come near unto her, the woman said, Are thou Joab? And he answered, I am he. Then she said unto him, Hear the word of thy handmaid. And he answered, I do hear. Then she spake, saying, They were wont to speak in old time, saying, They shall surely ask counsel of Abel, and so they ended the matter. I am one of them that are peaceable and faithful in Israel. Thou seekest to destroy a city and a mother in Israel. Why wilt thou swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? So basically this wise woman is just saying, Hey, are you, are you, are you going to destroy this whole community? Verse 20, And Joab answered and said, Far be it, far be it from me that I should swallow up your, follow up, swallow up or destroy. The matter is not so, but a man of Mount Ephraim, Sheba, the son of Bichri by name, hath lifted up his hand against the king, even against David. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. And the woman said unto Joab, Behold, his head shall be thrown to thee over the wall. Then the woman went unto all the people in her wisdom, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and cast it out to Joab. And he blew a trumpet, and they retired from the city, every man to his tent, and Joab returned to Jerusalem unto the king. Now Joab was over all the host of Israel. 
And Benaiah, the son of Jehoda, was over the Cherhites and over the Pelahites. And Adoram was over the tribute. And Josaphat, the son of Ahulud, was recorder. And Sheva was scribe. And Zadok and Abithar were the priest. And Ira also, the Jerite, was a chief ruler about David. And so that is chapters 19 and 20. And that is the end of our study for this morning. You know, 19 was kind of, is kind of rough to read because it's, you know, it's, it's not very, very exciting. And the King James makes it a little difficult to kind of understand what's going on. Uh, but then it picks up a little bit in chapter 20 when you have Joab and his ruthlessness. You know, right? He goes and he slays Amasa. And then you have this wise woman who's like, please don't destroy our territory. And he says, I just want Sheba. And then I'll leave. And so they cut off Sheba's head and throw it over the wall. Well, here you go. <laughs> I mean, here you go. That's the story uh, that we're reading in the Bible this morning. I hope that you've been blessed. And, you know, the word of the word of the Lord is just so important, even when we're reading historical documents like these uh, books of Second Samuel that are less doctrine. You know, they're not teaching a bunch of doctrine, but they're, you know, they're giving us the history. What happened at that time? How did how did Israel eventually become this amazing, great, powerful nation, which it will become under Solomon? Uh, that'll be like the peak of its wealth and, and all of that. Uh, short-lived, of course. Uh, as we know, you know, Solomon kind of goes into rebellion himself as he starts chasing after idols and more women than any man could ever try to have. And, of course, after Solomon, Israel starts its decline. So it's on the incline right now as it's being formed under King David. It'll prosper unbelievably under his son Solomon, but then it'll start to decay and fall apart under terrible immorality after that. It seems like no kingdom can stay righteous for very long, can it? Of course, the United States is a great example of that. It had its peak, uh, had its peak both in prosperity and in righteousness, and now it's falling into decadence. And the people have forgotten God. It's the same old story. As the wise King Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new at all. That's my commentary for this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please pray for me and this podcast. As you can imagine, the world that we're living in is getting more and more difficult. It's getting more and more difficult to get it out to people. It's getting more and more difficult just in so many ways so your prayer is much appreciated and then if you would be willing if you're able to support the work that's being done here please consider doing that by going to scriptureandprophecy.com thanks for listening peace and grace be with all of you and until next time god bless